It is so beautiful to be back in this space with each of you. I know we can only see this much of one another, but <laughs> it's just good to be present with one another. And to you at home who are joining us on our live stream worship, we welcome all of you to Stony Brook Church here this morning. So there, as you have already discovered, are going to be a few things a little bit different about worship today and in the ongoing future for us. One, you get to be the very first worshiping service to be both live stream and in person. So we all get to learn how to do this thing we call worship together. So I hope you will join us as we experiment and just get to be together in this space in this way. As you've already discovered, the ushers sat you in your seats. Uh, seating is very intentional, so we appreciate that uh, you have followed the instructions of the ushers. We ask that you keep your masks on throughout the duration of the worship service. That will help keep everyone protected. Uh, at the end of the worship service, the ushers will dismiss you. This side of the sanctuary will leave through that door back there. This side will leave through the side door, and the ushers will help you with all of that. We ask that uh, when it's time to leave, you leave so that we can again care for one another and keep everybody safe uh, in this time that we are here in this space. Now, I want you to know it is absolutely painful for your preachers to be seated up here. Pastor Bob, I'm including you over there, but all of your preachers to stay up here and not be able to uh, get up and close and talk to you. But we are going to be doing that at the beginning of worship and after worship. We're going to stay in our spaces um, because that will help ensure your safety. And so Please know that just because we are not down with you does not mean we do not want to see you. So welcome. We are glad all of you are here in whatever space you are joining us. This fall, Stony Brook Church is going to be engaged in being the bridge from the church to the community we call Gahanna. You may have already seen the big white signs that are scattered throughout uh, the outside of the church and over by the prayer labyrinth. That is a space for you to bring your own Sharpie marker and write your prayer on those walls. And then you are invited to read through those prayers and pray those prayers on behalf of the community which has left the prayers there as well. Invite your friends and your neighbors and your family to come add to the prayer wall so that we can all be in prayer for one another throughout this season. And then you all are invited into uh, a study called Be the Bridge, where Stony Brook is going to engage in conversations uh, around racial reconciliation. Small groups are participating in this. If you are not a part of a small group um, or your small group is not doing the study, know that Pastor Mary Jo, Pastor Bob, and I are all leading our own small groups on Be the Bridge. You can find more information on the study at our website at stonybrook.church growth. It's also the place where you can go sign up for the study as well. Um, and then finally, Stony Brook is once again partnering with NEMAP in uh, building hygiene kits for families and for those who are experiencing homelessness. NEMAP is asking us to provide items like toothpaste and 
toothbrushes and things of that nature. You can find the details about that mission project in your weekly electronic newsletter, or you can reach out directly to Emily Keener, our Director of Missions and Outreach. At this time, I invite you to quiet your hearts and your minds and allow this prelude to prepare our spirits for worship. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer as we center our hearts to God? God, how can we forgive when bonds of love are torn? How can we rise and start anew, our trust reborn? When human loving fails and every hope is gone, your love gives strength beyond our own to face the dawn. Amen. And now, as our ensemble leads us in Oh, How I Love Jesus, you are invited to hum along or tap your toes or clap or whatever way your body feels like um, responding to the music.
As we enter into this time of prayer, I would just invite you to hold the Roe family in your prayers. Uh, you may or may not know that Donna was recently in the hospital. She has been discharged and is now at home under hospice. Um, and the family would like you to know that um, any cards or phone calls are welcome as they are in this next season in life. Will you join me in a spirit of prayer as we go to God? Oh God, what you call us to is not easy. You ask us to care for those we don't like, to offer ourselves when we just want to be selfish, and to forgive over and over and over again. We don't always want to forgive, oh God. We want to be righteous. We want to bask in our own resentment. We want to hurt others the way they've hurt us. Forgive us, oh God, for the stingy ways that we've offered forgiveness. We know we can do better. God, we've been watching the whole, with horror as the wildfires devastate communities in the West. What are we to do? The uncontrolled nature of the fire, the smoke, the flames, all of it seem a fitting metaphor for the world right now. A world filled with virus, with natural disasters, with economic disparity, with exploitation, and so much more. A world which we experience as anxious, angry, and at times aloof. We trust that you are with all of these, in all of these situations, and we trust that you are working in and through each of us so that we may respond in the ways that you have called us to. We trust that you are reminding us of the goodness which pays off when we practice forgiveness in the ways that you've taught. Thank you for teaching us these hard lessons because we know that from them new life is made possible. We pray all of this in the name of the one who offered the ultimate sacrifice of forgiveness as we now join our voices together, praying the prayer that he taught us by saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now, may you be blessed by this special music. He put a new song in my heart.
Oh my gosh, you all make me want to dance. <laughs> you cry, I'll dance. We're up for a party. I just real quickly checked the calendar. On the Sunday before the 12th of March, that was the last time I preached in a sanctuary with people in front of me. I don't know if I can remember how to do it. <laughs> Pray for me. Amen? Oh, dear brothers, sisters, there are many ways to worship God um, through the guidance of great song and music because we literally do rise with each other's presence through that. We can experience the presence of God through looking at each other and seeing each other as creations or as a manifestation of God's presence in the world. For the church, we take the scripture seriously and fully so that we might remember the power of history and the encouragement of moving forward. So as we turn to our scriptures, I know that you don't have pew Bibles. Um, it will be up on our screens, but you know it's an old concept to bring your Bible to church. <laughs> I would ask that you would hear these words from the, our continued journey through the Gospel of Matthew. And this is uh, in the 18th chapter, and I'll be starting with the 21st verse. You can also just put your books beside, close your eyes, open your heart, and see what jumps at you because God needs you to hear it. Yeah? Let us hear these words. 
Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he, became, uh, when he began the, the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave his debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him by the throat. He said, pay me what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. And then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. Now, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and they reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I have had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. Hmm. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not Forgive your brother, your sister, from your heart. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servants speak to these, your beloved ones, who have chosen to listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I sometimes wonder how I know what I think I know. One of the ways in which I know I know what I think I know is that it shows up in what I do. Now, we are cruising into nomination season, which is the season when there are a bunch of us who have been charged with the responsibility of discerning and knowing the congregation and saying, here are the needs and here are the people, and this is how we put them together. Yay. 
actually, yay. There was a season in my life where I was much more assertive than I am now. Don't laugh. And I would come to the season of nominations and I would make a little hit list. These are the people I know, I know, should be embracing the leadership ministry of the church. So I would go out and I would say, hey, this is Pastor Mary Jo. I would love to have dinner with you on me. Meet you at this restaurant at this time. You up for it? Sure. Who's not up for dinner? Can you spell bribe? And I would sit with them and we would break bread together. I loved it when the spouse would come along. Every once in a while, a kid would come along. Now that would throw me off my game because there are certain, never mind. Um, you do it. But I confess to you on ulterior motive, I really wanted to see how my brother, my sister of faith, engaged their lives with the wait staff. All those who have ever been a waiter or a waitress raise their hand. Yeah, okay. How many of you have had to bust tables? How many of you get to usher for the church and clean up the pews afterwards? Confuses me, but I'm intrigued by it. So I would take my folk out and we would have this marvelous meal. Usually at the conclusion, I would ask of something from them and it worked very well. But I tell you one thing, there were some folk who after the breaking of bread and responding to the waitress the way they did, they did not make it into leadership positions of the church because I saw outwardly and visibly what they didn't expect me to see. How do you know what you think you know? How do you really ascertain how much this faith is integrated in the living of your day? I'm on an adventure right now. It's called the do unto others as you would have them do unto you moment. I've been working on it for not quite a year yet, but my goal was to do it faithfully for a year that I would not make anybody else work for me on Sunday. You all don't make anybody work, right? Okay, I can go sit down now. <laughs> the camera crew just lost their mind because I just walked out of the frame. I work for a camera right now. <laughs> the thing that I discovered was listening to a lament a fawn about all the competition that the church has for the hour of worship on Sunday morning. The sports are in full gear, people are chronically out of town, 
down. If I make it to church once out of three Sundays, I'm a full-time par full participant in the life of the church. For those of us who are responsible for recording the number of average attendance at the end of the year, it makes me jealous because I want all the people of Stony Brook to be faithful in their watching and caring for their faith by worship. One Sunday morning, I woke up to a very painful reality. Somebody had told me that it was the pastor's job to buy the bread for communion. Cool except I forgot, and it was Sunday morning. And so I got on the webpage, and I got the closest grocery store that I knew would carry bread that I could get away with, and I texted in the time. Oh, gee, it's going to be tight. But if I'm at the door of the grocery store exactly when they show up, I can get my bread and scurry to church, and no one will know that I had neglected my responsibility on Saturday. And as I rolled into church with my bread in hand, I realized that there was the checkout person who had to check me out, who had to work on Sunday morning. There was the stock person who was putting the fresh bread onto the shelves as I quickly snatched something and ran with it. There was the face of the man who unlocked the doors as the hour arrived, and by the way, he was two and a half minutes late And I pulled into church and went, do you realize that there are three people who can't go to church because they need that paycheck and you just made them work? I have a journey to finish to really integrate the reality that when I am jealous for you to be at church, I better make sure that I honor all the world with the privilege of going where they need to go and not forcing them to pay the God of the paycheck. I don't know what that does for you, but it has altered my life. Do you want to know what it's like to want KFC on Sunday afternoon and you can't have it? Darn, it's inconvenient. Darn. It's inconvenient. How do you know what you think you know when you hit it up against the wall of inconvenience? You see, what we may not really understand about this passage where Peter says, should I forgive my brother, my sister of the church, seven times? What's underneath that is the knowledge that the law says you forgive Four. And Peter thinks he's hot stuff. And he says, I know how to get Jesus to pat me on the back. I'll say the word seven. And he will love me more. And Jesus knows that this is Peter's stumbling block to be loved more. 
And so he says, brother, you're moving in the right direction, but you have some more to go. For not only is seven a powerful number, have you ever tried to hug somebody seven times in a day? Look at that person that you share a household with who's supposed to get your affection, get your encouragement, get your empowering care, and try to hug them seven times. I'm looking for report cards next week. Because Peter has to bow at the feet of Jesus and be humbled, for Jesus says, not seven, but seven to the power of seven to the power of seven. That amazing number that says there is no end to this. Friends, if you want to work on that this week, I highly recommend two other passages out of Matthew. The first one comes in the fifth chapter. You'll find it at the 23rd verse where Jesus is laying out a framework on what to do when you know somebody is ticked off at you. And basically he says, you have to humble yourself and go into that person's presence. And in that moment, God may free you both with the power of forgiveness. Oh, but Jesus doesn't stop with that framework because if you get into the 18th chapter, in the, in the 15th verse, he flips it around and does the same thing and says, if you are grieved by somebody, go to them. You know what? The only job that never goes to somebody else is to take the initiative. If you know that something is wrong and something is upset, you take the initiative. You do not get to sit back and say, well, they started it. In the presence of the forgiving Lord who crawled up onto a cross so that we might know the extent of this work. You know, how do you know what you know? You do it. Forgive me, Lord, for I have sinned. This framework that Jesus lays out for us, these frameworks, 70 times 7, these frameworks, that will take us forward. Friends, when I sat down on a Zoom meeting with a boatload of people from Stony Brook Church who said, well, we think it's okay if you come and be our pastor. And I said, well, I think it's okay if I come and try to be your pastor. Notice I caveat mine. They wanted to know how I was going to lead us forward. Let me tell you how we're going to do it. This is called Three Simple Rules by Mary Jo. First of all, I want you to pay attention to when you stumble into the same idea from three different sources. Maybe it's 
a neighbor in the neighborhood that says something, or it's a commercial on TV, or it's your devotional life bringing forth this particular gift that God would encourage you. Three different places, three different sources, but fundamentally the same idea. The rule of three. And then there's the rule of seven. By the way, there's some way of counting where the thumb is five and the fingers are individual. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, three, seven, the rule of seven. As you take this awareness that three times this idea has come to you, you start working it. You take it to your devotional time. You take it into your prayer life. You explore it from the very depths of your being. Now, if, if you're me, you write about it on yellow paper with green ink. Don't know why, just do. And as you begin to get some shape of how this is going, you begin to discover that in your mind, God is saying, hey, you know, this brother, this sister would really groove on this idea. Why don't you go talk to them and find seven people who would get excited about this. And you go and you sit with them and you dream about it and, and they offer all of their great wisdom and you find yourself scratching out stuff and writing in stuff. And this is where computers are really wonderful because it doesn't look so messy. And you begin to shape this vision, this dream, this hope. Seven times you sit with seven different people and so you free the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the healing of this world in such a way that it starts to come into a framed picture. And then finally, the last step. Now, I have been wonderfully corrected or offered an alternative way of saying this today by a member of the music committee. See, even music committees dream good ideas because the final step is to then shut up. Um, excuse me. Delete, delete, delete. Be still and know that God is God. Here's what I can testify to. If you allow the stillness to happen, there will be that moment where all of a sudden somebody stands up and says, hey, I got this great idea. And you're nowhere to be seen. And all of a sudden, the wisdom of God is freed in the presence of the people of God for the goodness and healing of the world. And that's why I believe Jesus puts these frames out for us, not seven times of forgiveness, but 70 times seven, not only just today, but in multiple different ways, not off and by yourself, but in the presence of the vibrancy of the beehive of the children of God, so that the vibrancy of life might be in you 
and through you into the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Friends, I would ask that you would remember that we are a people who need each other. Your offerings and your gifts of your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your missions and witness, these are things we freely offer in response to God's love for the world. So as you come and as you go, I hope that you find what we as a community are doing here is worthy of your encouragement with your offerings and your prayers. Amen. to do a mighty work and this work has been accomplished because God is always faithful as you rise and at the direction of the shepherd who is called an usher as we take our leave with safety and goodness go into the world may the words of your mouths and the deeds of your hands reveal what you know amen